Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the very first edition of the Pure Digital Passion Podcast with me, Moses Kimibaro, for 2024. As you can imagine, there's so much happening in the world of technology, and especially right here in Nairobi, Kenya, also known as the Silicon Savannah. And today, my guest is none other than Asif Khan, somebody I've known, I think, for about 15 years, from the very early days of the iHub, and when we started seeing the early signs that Kenya was on the cusp of a technology revolution. And Asif Khan is now the founder and CEO of Ando. He's gone through quite an interesting journey over the years, and I'm so delighted to have him and also being the first person to interview him around his new business. Thank you very much for joining us, Asif. Thanks, Moses. So it's Asif, a pleasure, actually. Yeah. So it's we've been known a while. Each other. Yeah, it we've has known been. Each other for a long time. <laughs> and I think we haven't met in person in quite a while as yes, well. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Yeah. True, true, true. So Asif, I mean, you know, we know about you. You've been mm. around in the industry and the ecosystem in, in Kenya for a while. You've worked in uh, quite a few companies, and we'll get into that detail going sure, forward. Sure. But I want to go back to early days. I want to know a bit about Asif, you know, growing up, where you started from, and maybe perhaps how that informed what you're doing today. But let's go back to the origin story. Who is Asif and wh where are you coming from? So, yeah, uh, you know, um, I'm born in Kenya. Uh -huh. I'm born to a... a, a Originally Pakistani family. Okay. Uh, my mother's from Pakistan. Okay. Uh, my father was born here, though. Okay. Um, we traditionally run a jewelry business. Okay. Uh, a gold and diamond business. Okay. In Kenya, um, and um, for the that's so I was born, you know, uh, in Kenya, Nairobi. Okay. I've been brought up here. Okay. Uh, I studied in KCP through KCP. Okay, we all did that. We all did that, right? <laughs> uh, but then, of course, went on to then the the other system, Aga Khan Academy. Okay, okay. And then university was here, uh, USIU, actually. Okay, I was also USIU. No way, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's sure. awesome. There's a lot of cool people who've come from yeah, USIU. Yeah, yeah. I think it's USIU a really good cool peeps. Yeah. <laughs> and also yeah. it gives you a lot of exposure, right? Uh, Correct. So for me, and then after, but after that, I'd been a postgraduate in Japan. Oh, uh, hang yeah. on a second. How do you get to Japan? So um, there's a scholarship that the Japanese government gives out okay. uh, to... I think two people from Africa every year. Uh -huh. uh, it's a very prestigious scholarship. You have to apply for it and, you know, go through the process. Um, at that point, my GPA at USIU was 4.95 out of 5. Oh, my God. You were yeah, right uh, there at the top. Yeah, Yeah, it was it was really, really good. Um, so I, I got this opportunity, fully paid, you know. Um, and to be honest, that's I credit a lot of my thinking to my time in Japan. So, so I, this is that you're done at USIU and now you yeah. go to, and this is, which city did you go to in Osaka. Japan? Osaka, okay. Yeah, so I, I was in Osaka for um, for my postgraduate. And then um, over there is where, you know, I learned. Uh, the beauty about that, 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 that education was that as long as you did your, um, the course material, mm -hmm. you could take on any other course within okay. the university. And the university had courses diverse such as photography black and white film photography okay um it's where also by the way my my interest in photography was reignited okay um pottery wow comic book design manga book design um so i did all that and then the way the city is designed and japanese culture is designed yes is everything has thought in it okay so um um everything is well thought through um, the food, the way it is, the, the most interesting thing for me was my opening to the culinary side. Aha, uh -huh. so this is the, the early sparks. Now. Early sparks, early yes, sparks. Yes. But actually to, to go a little bit before that, my uh, grandfather actually ran restaurants here uh -huh. in Nairobi. So my father was the, was the 
his sons, my grandfathers, started the jewelry business. I see. But he was running restaurants. Really? Also called Khans. No way. So people know him, and people know him as this you know, really, really great uh, chef. He was a chef. Okay. So I think my, actually my, my spark comes from there. The origins the of origin, the younger scene. And I imagine you're around the restaurant and all yeah, that. I yeah, was, I was, I was. Yeah. So I used to spend time in the restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, I used to love uh, serving people. Fantastic. As a kid, I remember this distinctly because I used to be there at nights. Okay. Okay. And I used to take the cash, look at how much we're making. Wow. How much, and this was during holidays. I would do everything. Wow. So very, very, you know, um, you see, like what Steve Jobs said, you can't join the dots looking forward. But so joining backwards, you can, right? So probably there's a spark in there, right? So coming back to Japan, um, you know, I, I uh, credited my, my design thinking to Japan. I credited my uh, uh, way of looking at things, my aesthetic. Um, my current business name comes from Japan. Yeah, I was wondering about that. What is Ando? So Ando actually um, was... So Tadao Ando is my most favorite architect in the world. Oh. And I only came across him in Japan. I see. And secondly, um, the founder of Instant Noodles uh-huh. is Momofuku Ando. So I was looking for a name that is four-letter, that could be iconic, um, and I, I really love that name. So it's kind of almost an homage to your it time is, in it Japan. Is, it is, it yes. is. In fact, um, three months ago, I was in Tokyo uh-huh. on business. Okay. Uh, you know, we're looking at tying up with some companies there. Um, and it was, I went there for 13 years. So wow. I, I wrote this event and I said this was my homecoming. Wow. Because I feel most at home in Japan. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have no, I'm, I'm proud to say that, to be honest. I love Japan. I love Japanese culture. Um, I uh, consume a lot of Japanese content, films, uh, food is my favorite. Do you speak? I do. I do. I do. Not, I mean, it's getting worse. <laughs> the, <laughs> more I, yeah. the more I, the more I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I speak Japanese. I write in, um, okay, writing is tougher, but reading I can. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, that was my, 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 my education. Wow. Um, wow. Now, I, I never wanted to stay and work in Japan, though. Which is weird, kind of. Yeah, because, it, because yeah. The, my, my, actually, my problem was language. Uh-huh, communication. Yeah, because to get a job and they have these proficiency tests. Oh. It takes even three years, up to three years. So you really got to be dedicated and yeah. plug in and, yeah, and yeah, do yeah. the rigor before and, you can even uh, stay. I couldn't do that right after university. I get you. I yeah, get you. So I wanted to come back and actually work in the family business. Um, but Japan ignited the creative side. So, so like who you are, yes. I no longer wanted want to do the, the normal stuff. So actually my first job was as, as an intern at Kenya Film Commission. Oh, and coming back and yeah. this is sort of played into your yeah. film time. I actually did some work for them. I remember I think built their first website, if I'm not wrong. No, so I, I was part of the Kenya Film Festival. Ah, the festival. Okay, yeah. I remember that and as well. Uh, yeah. I, I was the, so it was just me and this guy, amazing guy called Charles, okay. who was the film uh, festival director. Okay. And literally it was just two of us. And maybe... Setting it up other, for the first time. Not yeah. the first time. He had experience doing it. Okay. But I designed the brochures and I, I had... I remember in Japan was the first time I came across Apple. Ah, okay. okay. And it was interesting to see how they sold to university students. Uh-huh. They give you a free printer. In so, order to buy so the... So the only reason I bought an Apple MacBook was because I was getting a free printer. <laughs> I had never heard of a MacBook. Is that something to do with the culture? People like to print things out there or something? Yes. No, I needed a printer. 
Uh, to get stuff to done. To get stuff done. And, okay. and this, remember, this is quite some time ago. Okay. Um, so I wanted to get... And, and again, for me, actually, printing was more like, I'm getting free money. I'll sell uh. the printer. I actually sold the printer when I was leaving. <laughs> so the point was, I'm getting free things. But then when you used it, yes. I was like, why was I using a PC? I had experience. Ever. So I'm getting a sense here that you started to, also again, within the technology sense. Yes, yes, yes. You started to see the distinctions and yes. the refinements. I had uh, never come across an Apple product, yeah. you know, in my whole life in Kenya yeah. up until then. And, and as, as all of this is happening, so you come back, you're at the Kenya, you know, film festival, you're, you're, you're interning. So yeah. what, ha- what happens now from that point onwards? So, uh, of course, that internship was three months. You know, the, the festival lasts uh, one day, a few days. Um, but then after that, now, um, I just wasn't getting to do what I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I took the first job that came, which okay. was in a bank. So wow, you went to a bank. <laughs> I went to a bank, man. <laughs> and man, wearing that tie was tough. <laughs> day in day out and you've come from this zen like moment I'm like, in Japan. oh yeah 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 i was like what what's going on yeah. you know um but uh looking back now remember i couldn't say this looking forward mm. but looking back i worked there for nine months okay and all my connections right now were made then the connections from that period so my, the, my yeah. job there was um a relationship manager for liabilities yes and uh assets so it was going to this i was given a list of about 100 high net worth individuals were with the bank yes and told just increase revenue from wow. them by one percent so this is me as a young person going to meet the ceo of uh, the largest crane manufacturer in kenya mm. and i'm like i would have never gotten that you but know the relationships now start to yeah happen, and yeah. They, they still call me as that guy from the bank those guys wow wow so i'm like interesting right yes uh so anyways the i, I built a lot of network in the real business, you know, of Kenya, yeah, with that, with that job, okay, but it wasn't for me. Uh, that job was not for me. So you finished at the bank. What? No, happened? I didn't finish. I uh, uh, so nine months. Um, and remember, this was when Twitter was really becoming popular. Um, and uh, Scan Group uh-huh. was setting up a digital agency for Safaricom. I remember Squad, yeah. Yes, yes, so yes. Squad, and uh, there was a guy who was in charge of it, but. They weren't growing, uh, and they wanted somebody with experience on growing digital agencies. Uh-huh. So they brought in, you must know this, uh, Gaurav Singh. I remember Gaurav, yeah. yeah. Man, what a great guy, man. You know, I also credit a lot of my, m- my mentorship to him. Yes. Because he saw me on Twitter. Because uh-huh. <laughs> on Twitter, I was writing about innovations from the developing world. Ah. I was writing a blog. It was, it was called Ufahari. I remember this. Yeah, yes, and yes, I was just yes. writing this blog about this guy making uh, uh, toys out of matchboxes in uh, India. Okay. In this Peru, there's uh, some you know person uh, doing something really cool with yes. the trees. So I was just interested in that side always. Okay. I was also running an event called Pechakucha, which I is a Japanese this. concept again. Yes, yes. It gives artists twenty slides and twenty seconds per slide. Uh-huh. So then uh, I remember my first uh, event that I organized, Jim Chuchu. Boniface Mwangi for the first time presented his photos. Wow. Um, Mark Kaigua, you know, you remember? Well, Mark, of course. He yes. presented, okay, his uh, film, um, Stingo. Do you know, remember Stingo? The, mm-hmm. the comic, the, not the comic, the 
magazine book by Jim Chuchu guys. Yeah, b- vaguely, I think vaguely. Probably the yeah. start of Nest, you know. Yes. Probably because that and and these guys were presenting to mm-hmm. the the crowd was very expert though. Yes. But we sold uh, 400 tickets, you know. Um Well. And uh yeah, so so uh, he saw what I was doing and he said, "Man, look, I'm looking just to work with interesting people." And I said, "Look, I don't know anything about marketing." Okay? He says, "Yeah, but you're interesting." <laughs> wow. So, I want to hire you. And I said, "Okay, I make this much." He said, "Yeah, fine, I'll pay you more, no problem." Mm. And he didn't know what he's going to do with me. <laughs> so, and I didn't know what I was going to do there. Yes. And I remember this distinctly for the first 6 months, I don't think I did anything. What? You were just learning. I was learning from this master called Gaurav on how to pitch to clients. And I learned how to do business. I remember him firing Tusker on, the, on my first day. He As a client? Me, yeah, he told me, I'm, come with me. I'm going to fire a client. And I'm like, okay. So he fired Tusker Project Film because he's like, I don't want to work with you guys. Wow. So it's public, so it's not nothing that's private. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I was like, okay, this is a renegade kind of... I want to follow this guy. <laughs> I want to follow you know I want to follow So I think maybe what you learned there is that he stuck with principles yeah. maybe when yeah. when when you know there's this tendency you know even for me as an agency leader right now and I've been for many years Yeah yeah we kind of hold on to the client even yeah. when they it's not always the best relationship Yeah they're not paying you enough yeah. and they are you know the relationship is just not working out So he was kind of person who like stick his ground and He's say He's like I, I'll take my focus away from them and I'll make more money by hiring another client and we actually okay. got so many clients now Yeah I remember we had only Safaricom We were 12 employees. Yes. In those three years I was there, we grew to 150 people. Yes. Seven uh, different countries. And I became a business unit head. So I was heading Kenya, I was Heineken, Equity Bank, uh, Safaricom Social Media, um, and the customer service side, Equity Bank, um, AP Insurance. Mm-hmm. So very, just... amazing clients but my journey there was all about learning i know and probably through this whole process you know sort of mastering yeah. skill sets around yes. marketing yes. maybe some of the technical stuff as well behind the yes. work yes yes because sort we were building you see, as a business unit head yeah. i had a team that was building tech products correct correct so we built you know um some really cool projects products for apa mm-hmm. safaricom okay uh it was just a very cool environment to be in correct correct um but There was one key thing that I realized I didn't have and that was no matter how how I grew this company or helped grow the company I would never own a part of it mm. unless I bought shares. Mm-hmm. And they were not willing to give me any anyways, you know. So there's no SO plan or something at no, that point. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. Okay. So okay. for me it was always going to be a salary and my entrepreneur side which is my family mm. background, yes. they're all entrepreneurs. I'm the only black sheep who's actually employed. Yeah. Wow. just didn't sit right with me somehow yeah yeah but i learned a lot from scan group you know something crazy like before i started dotsavi i worked for all the different you know african oh, and all that yes and the three mice three mice yes yeah, i remember I, when i when i first started out i moved to three mice shortly after i left africa online and like you my father was an entrepreneur right and i remember him saying to my family like you know as kids Like guys, I never want you to be employed. I want you to run your own things. 
And because of that, that sort of stuck with it me. Stuck with you. And nice. even when I was doing these jobs, I was doing what you were doing, which was at the mo- at the time I was doing them in the back of my mind. Yeah. I knew one day, one day, one day, I'm bouncing. I'm yeah. gonna do my own. So thing. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. And I didn't even come with that. Like you said, I didn't. I didn't have that feeling in me that I wanted to do my own business. Yes. All I wanted was to be to own own a part of something. Yeah. So whether I'm building a big thing, because I've I did some research then, and tech companies were. tech employees also were make, were becoming millionaires and Within owning the, big companies correct correct even if it's a small part correct. but you own something correct so i was happy with with doing that and being part of you know but unfortunately i don't think the ecosystem then understood the power of equity yes you know and yes. giving it out correct is but java house did aha so how did that so how that's did that happen next, yeah. yes so um were they a client or something no not at all so i i left without having a backup plan <laughs> i so, did that too <laughs> right i did the we same all, thing we all do the same thing I man i could do a plan so but I, what I, all i knew was i wanted to do photography like i wanted to create content and i, I was, remember that you used to do some amazing photography yeah, online i, I remember do, seeing that yeah do. yeah and uh, by the way most i was making a lot of money oh really i was making more money from the photography than from my job so people would call you in to do well i i had clients i had airtel i had cook i had samsung i was, oh, was actually a... i was the face of samsung tablets Like they actually shot a movie on me. Really? Yeah. Man, you know, you're bringing back some <laughs> memories here that I forgotten. I'm remembering vaguely some of these vaguely, things. Vaguely, exactly, yeah. yeah but but yeah. people who know me like you, you saw that guy there, right? He recognized me because I used to just put out a post on Instagram saying um tomorrow 6 a.m. come to KCC. We're going to do an Insta meet. I remember those. And yeah. 500 people would come. What? 500 people. Of course, Mutua Mateka me um tin say at some point brian siambi um all these amazing photographers eh? now they're doing amazing work on the creative side right like i love all their work um but there was this thing about me about owning and doing big things mm. so i knew my creative side i didn't want it to be dictated by money number one so when i was i left i moved to new york and i did some consulting work there So hang on a second. So you leave Scan Group. Scan Group. Yeah, I moved to you New quit. York. Yeah, I moved to And New York. And you decided to go to New York. Yeah, I just moved to New York um on a tourist visa. And just hang and out. Said, yeah, I hang out and I just said give me any work that is available. Reached out to some strategy agencies. Uh, uh-huh. I knew people there also. And I was good at strategy, so I did get work uh and I did make money, but I was making more money on my Instagram. So I was happy. So brands were giving you yeah, stuff yeah. to do. Yeah. Oh. Go check my Instagram and you'll see me just holding a coke can and i was probably paid like 300k for that what yeah for one post <laughs> are you kidding me no and so you're like is, an influencer then and this is 10 years ago like 9 years ago oh my probably. god yeah yeah wow okay so i didn't I was, know that you know you're doing stuff like that so yeah. i was getting paid a lot of money you know like i was doing projects 1 2 million 3 million bob wow yeah yeah it was money was not the issue and i this was something that i was and i still want to say this to people i come from a humble background My family in Pakistan was rich but my mm. grandfather was not. When he moved here he was staying in Isli. Mm. And this whole they've built whatever they've built is their hard work. Luck plays a big part. Hard work plays a big part and then taking that opportunity when you get it. And another thing that I learned was money is not the end goal. Mm. But it is becoming good at something. money will come mm. so you you know um chase just 
excellence in whatever you do and then money will come absolutely money i completely agree i think we, you've seen that right oh in yeah i career. think if you if you if you master your craft or you follow your passion yeah. you know which why you know we call this podcast pure is your passion because we're trying to find the people in the conversations of who are deeply entrenched and deeply passionate ah. about things that dovetail with technology so you're running a culinary business but yeah. it's underpinned by tech but at the heart of it yeah. is this almost overriding compulsion to build yeah. something excellent yes yes yeah so yeah. Uh, so you know you mentioned passion right of course you know in today's world okay and uh, I want to say this with as much humility as possible yeah. but passion is a privilege. Mm, especially in light of the fact that things have to get sorted out day to day. Dude, today you can um, you can go to Kibera and say pursue your passion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You have to be at a certain uh social it's, demographic level. It's a level. privilege. Yeah 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 yeah. It's a privilege. So what do you, so what I prefer is what my father told me which is if you want to become a gardener fine but just choose to be the best gardener in the world mm. if so, that is a, the card you've been dealt right exactly. if that's the card you've been dealt exactly yeah. moses yeah yeah if you've been dealt you know that you know you're going to be a mechanic or you're born into be the best now today's world allows you to actually have uh, so let me tell you a little bit about this uh, my my father told me something very stays with me till mm. now um so today's world okay we have more information at our fingertips mm-hmm. than was ever available in human history okay and um what do you do with this information so take that information learn from it and use it what does it become it becomes knowledge mm. but what do you do when it becomes knowledge so as soon as it becomes knowledge you just share it mm. and it becomes wisdom mm mm so <laughs> that's the that's information becoming wisdom very simply and that means that today's world you can not just learn but you can be own topics at your fingertips so today like if you don't know anything about how to run a restaurant you don't need to listen to me mm. there's much more information available online that can teach you all that, that can yeah. teach you all that maybe what you can learn from me is a little bit of um uh, grit a little bit of how my story may ref- respond to you correct Do you know what i mean the way you package it perhaps yeah. yeah yeah so maybe that's you know but information and how to it's available and this is the thing that kind of drives me nuts in the era of the internet and and even my career and my work and my passions i find that there's a literally a firehose of content out there there's yeah. so much information so you've got to filter you've got to discern you've got to make sense of it but the thing that kills me even more is that i've come to more and more realize myself and i think the mark of the world it's just not about knowing it but people often have the insight but don't take action around it yeah. they yeah. they let it sit in their brains and they don't actually do the thing that needs to be done based on that insight you know this whole theory of bias to action right yes no i don't actually so so bias to action is why small companies come and eat the the cake of big companies so it's why apple will beat nokia mm. in 2006 it's because small companies will act on things yes as you said like they that that action with big companies don't it gets buried in red because they sort of grounded in the incumbency they're comfortable it gets buried in red yeah yeah it's why somebody will come and eat ampesa's cake and they will not even know yeah <laughs> it's scary yeah huh? it's scary 
So coming back again, so we're now back in Kenya. You're now in New York. You've been doing your photography. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, sorry, you're now, you're oh, now yes, consulting, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. So tell me what happens there. What goes on after this? So um, at, at, at this time in, in, in New York, um, the, I was working with, um, I can't mention, but I was working with, with this really prestigious you know, group. And um, they knew the founders of Java House. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So Java was looking for somebody to lead the marketing. And I was the best person at that point, according to them. And after the interview, according to the CEO of the founder of Java, House, yes. Kevin Ashley. Um, but again, my, my key thing there was uh, when I, you know, went in and sat across the table with them was equity. Straight up, huh? Yeah, because for me, like, I wouldn't do anything else now. Unless you're already I making money, you're really reasonably yeah, comfortable. Yeah, money was not the issue, man. I just wanted to do something that was really interesting. I wanted to learn from founders. I wanted yeah. to learn, you know. But he was very clear. You know, he was, okay, look, uh, we've just received X amount of money from a private equity. The plan is to grow and sell the business. Mm -hmm. He was very clear about mm -hmm. it. And it's going to take three years. And after one year, I'm quitting. He also told me that. <laughs> so he said, you only have one year with me. Are you okay with that? I said, yeah, I just want one year with the founder. And I want equity. <laughs> so, of course, he had, they had a plan for that. Okay. So that was, that was good. That was already me. integrated into their plan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it was good to see that, that they'd already been thinking about this. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I took on the job, you know, a very prestigious job. Um, although at that point, we were very small. We're about 15 branches when I joined. What year is this? What, what, 2015. 2015, okay. 2015, yeah. So, so almost, almost 10, 10 years, years ago, ago yeah, man. Yeah, almost 10 yeah, years wow. ago. And I remember my first job there was to hire a marketing agency. Aha. Uh -huh. and, and they were in the pitch. So my first day was a pitch. So they'd already done, the previous marketing person had already done the uh, RFPs, RFPs and, stuff, and yeah. stuff. yeah, And they'd gotten four agencies. Uh-huh. And my job was to decide between the four without knowing anything about the brand. Um, but one agency was, the, the pitch was so compelling that we didn't actually have a choice. You had to go with them. We had to go with them. So we, we went with them, the rebrand. So the rebrand happened from Nairobi Java House to Java House. I was leading that. I was leading the... I think I remember the agency that yes. did this. Yeah. Was this Fadi and those guys? Yes. Yeah. Arc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, really, really cool guys. Um, I, I love their work. Um, hopefully, you know, get a chance to work with them again. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do like their work. Fadi, Ark. Um, they did worked with us for that campaign. They shot the film that, okay. you know, did this, uh, the major campaign film, which was Love is Here. It's still mm. iconic. It's mm. still iconic. The music was done by Oliver Tukuzi. Wow. Yeah. So there's some serious bucks, yeah. I mean, to it, get was, that. it was. Yeah. We paid a lot of money to Oliver, for example. Okay. We probably paid more money to him than we spent on the media. Wow. Advertising. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we, we we knew, like, you see, the thing about and why Java was uh, really attracted me was everything was quality, and everything was thought through. So um, when I look at the brand book um, we built, the table, the diameter, the depth. The kind of wood wow, that we're going detail, to be using. Huh? Yeah, yeah, like in a restaurant, how many PowerPoints, plug points do we need to have? Um, uh, what is the decibel levels? Of, of the sound? audio as you're working, yeah. you know, wow. 
um, waders, the, the, how tight should the t-shirts be? Because we understand the Kenyan uh, ecosystem, right? The people who are slightly on the larger side, slightly on the lower, slimmer side, so it needs to work for them. The larger person should not be ashamed to wear a, a tight shirt, right? So we need to cater for that, right? Um, and the slimmer person shouldn't be disappear in a shirt. A lot of thinking. That almost sounds this. a bit Apple-esque, you know, the thinking that yeah. the, the every detail I counts. I would say that. I would say that. I mean, that. Apple, apparently, even the way the when you unwrap a laptop yes. or a phone and, and the sound as you pull, that's engineered. Can that's you imagine? Engineered. Now, obviously, we could have done better, <laughs> you know, still at, at that level. But we did do very, very well. Yeah. Like for the resources we had, yeah. we did really, really good um, thinking around uh, building a brand. And I'm thinking right now, so you're coming in from the brand marketing perspective. You're also I was coming getting, from a marketing background. Yeah, and then and now, now you're I'm getting brand. into the hospitality space. Yeah, You're understanding processes, how they run the restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And this, I'm sure, is now feeding into, obviously, where we are today. And, and remember, uh, I was um, on the... I was the leadership team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I had I had uh overview on the PL. I knew how the FNB PL works. Okay. Ah, and okay. remember and remember this was um private equity, American private equity that I invested in Java House. So the 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 scale we were operating at was global. Mm, in reporting and standards. Yeah, in reporting and, all and that. standards. And and like I was looking at a PL that is done the way an American business would do it. Okay. So my learning was, my MBA was... Literally watching how this thing scales up yeah, and how yeah. it's growing and everything. And of course, my opportunities, right? Like, um, so I noticed that um, our operations were struggling because we just didn't have an overview over feedback. Mm, from the customers? We didn't. Wow. And, and guess what? Um, there was a paper form. That was I, I that think used I to be there. This. Yes, in, in and the, the dishes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The tables. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And but unfortunately, uh, hundred percent of the feedback was positive. Is wow. that possible? Impossible. Really? Impossible, right? So we realized that obviously the incentive is to not share the negative feedback, right? The branch manager would not do that. Yes. Uh, so they wouldn't do that, right? Yes. So with a company called M Survey, the CTO called Louis Majanja. I know Louis, yeah. He reached out to me and he said, you know, we have a survey tool. And I said, I don't want that. But can we work on a feedback? And he had built a, a small prototype of if somebody pays with an M-Pesa, with M-Pesa, they would automatically get a feedback mm -hmm. question. Rate us from zero to 10. It just wasn't catching up though for him. Like it wasn't very, uh, they didn't, he didn't have a case study for it. But I said, this is genius, you know, and we need to do this. Um, uh, I remember uh, the CEO then also was not very keen on technology interfering with with what is used to like F&B, right? Like Correct. if you have an issue, you talk to your waiter. Yes, why, yes. Would, why are you going to talk to a phone? He has a point. But for me, it was at this scale, you can't you can't scale that mm. service levels, right? Um, but if you got data, you can inform decision making. So with Louis, we built a product which became the company called Ajua. I remember, yes. I don't own any IP though. So <laughs> me and Louis, we built it together. So um, he built it and we launched it in one branch. Killer. Feedback instantly. Killer. Like we were so shocked by the negative feedback we were getting. <laughs> 
the truth finally the truth, the truth finally i think it's about the anonymous aspect of it perhaps mm. yeah? yeah and and we got um like i remember looking at our nps the first week and the ceo said please don't send me any of these emails anymore it was that bad wow it was like 40 30 nps wow out of 100 and for a food you need to be at 80 to wow. be really really good wow. right now and we're at 92 94 wow okay so, um but it gave us something to action right so that's something i built with the team it became a it became part of our business mm. it became part of the value we built in the business and which is the dna of how you operate yes so actually uh, we built a guest relations team and my experience my background in working with customer service on social for Safaricom, Equity Bank, and and these, I built it into Java House. So we hired a guest relations team. Oh. Um, guest relations fed operations and culinary, and they had to action items within two hours. Wow. So it became, changed completely our operations. Fantastic. Just a small piece of technology. But then you see, as you said previously, the hindsight. All these layers are playing a role in what's happening now, now what's yeah, coming exactly. forward. So you're, so you're, impl- you're applying tech, you're applying processes, into yeah. java using that to kind of even improve the core yeah. ways in which this business actually operates right yeah. correct wow and then uh, you know with research we came across another data piece which was that um across the big cities so nairobi kigali kampala in east africa because that's where we are um 55 uh, sing- um single person households were growing at 55% more than family households Mm. Now you know whenever that happens in a society in a country in a city globally it leads to on demand food delivery on demand grocery delivery and um in a country like Kenya where technology and specifically Mpesa was already available everywhere number one, number two, handsets were getting cheaper and number three, internet was penetration was was penetrating even further so data was getting cheap mm. so as soon as it's a, it's a, it's the perfect mix it's the perfect um uh storm to build that kind of a business so i wanted to do food delivery javas remember we're not doing food delivery but we didn't have the resources to build out the whole stack so what i did was um, um a, a great guy called duncan uh, who was head of jumia food mm-hmm. then Mm-hmm. um you know we we came to me we were about the same age and uh, we said listen we need to do this man i need to do food delivery you don't have enough customers so what are we going to do if you add on javas you're going to get customers we have a big network okay and we did now we negotiated the commission rates to something that would make sense for the board remember this is an older board which mm. doesn't i was the youngest by the way just another thing okay I was board, yeah. yeah I was uh, 2930 and the next youngest person was 45. Ah. So some of these things ideas were completely completely uh alien to these guys to yeah. the board yeah it was. And I don't blame them you see because it hasn't happened yet. You you have not it getting a taxi was just starting. Yeah this is all pre-covid and all right the consumer behavior had changed way right. Way before covid. Yeah yeah. So even um, the idea of ordering food in was still Ordering food was was like I call I call the restaurant and I order food and they come home yeah and Jumia was trying but they were just struggling because they didn't have that one big anchor yes to say okay now 
let's get the customers through this big anchor and then sell them the other restaurants in the other Correct. platform. Okay, okay. You get me? But Java was, was the one. So that's how we launched uh, food delivery in Kenya. And it quickly became 16, 20% of our revenue at Java House. And we were, and everyone was shocked. And this is just Jumia at this point? Just right? Jumia. Wow. Just Jumia. And then, of course, by that time, 2018, you know, we were also selling the business. So we were going through this long year of due diligence. Um, mm. Finally, you know, in 2008, we sold the business to Abraj. It was a, the largest sell, a sale in the F&B industry. Exit. What is, this, what is the number? Is this public? If it's public, I'll say. Oh, yeah, if it's a PE thing, it may not have been it, public. It's, huh? it's probably public. $110 million. Wow. Yeah. And this is our three years. You're now three years in at yeah. this point. Yeah, it was, it was $110 million. Um, largest exit. Um, um, and, you know, then obviously um, someone like me, the CEO, Ken Kuguru, would then uh, come I in. remember that. I you remember, remember that? Ken Kuguru? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. The software guys and then... Yes, I remember. His, his son was doing very, very well in, in East Asia. Mm, mm. And he was running like 10 times bigger unit than Java House. Wow. So for him, it was, he was another great person I worked with. Mm. So three people, Gaurav, Kevin Ashley, and, uh, and Ken Kukuru, mm. who's still my very, very good friend. Okay. So th- all these three, right? Um, and Ken Kukuru specifically, the kind of processes and systems that he put into Java House led to everything. So he put cadence, he put how you present a present. Because I come from a marketing background, right? And I, and my, I remember my first report I was asked to do, I prepared a presentation. But Kevin Ashley, old school, right? They're used to paragraphs and two page yeah. documents. So I said, no, write it this way. It's an executive summary kind of executive thing. summary. Yeah. And, and it makes sense, you know, for the kind of company that was then. Mm. Ken Kuguru came and changed and he understood what I wanted to do as well. Yeah. I remember we didn't have email until Ken Kuguru came. Like we used to run on the system where if you read your email on your computer, it wouldn't be read on your phone. So you have to read it on both sides. What? <laughs> and I wanted to put in Google mail. Yes. But until Ken came in is then when I actually was able to There's do it. There's a lot of old school behavior. Yeah, at some, some level. Yeah. Huh? Wow. But remember, this is the... The beauty that Kevin Ashley built, he was very, very good, like at building brand. He was very, very good at food, okay? He was very good at um, materials, yes, design, aesthetic. Like I remember it was the first time I, I sat on a chair, which was the Herman Miller, and mm. all of us in office had those chairs. That's a 250,000 bob chair. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But then you notice the ergonomics of it. And you're like, no wonder I, it's great to sit on it because you can now sit on it for eight hours. No issues. Yeah, yeah, get me? yeah. So All these comes, things are considered, yeah? And guess what? Long run, long term, it doesn't cost you money. Because it also looks good for your health. Thank you. Posture. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, um, so th- th- the good things about, you know, uh, the way that was being done and the way Ken Kuguru would want to, you know, run it. But but going back, okay, so Java was right. Um so me, quite a number of other people, we all wanted to do our own thing. Um, and that's when, you know, um, my next business then came on. So you've done the Jumia thing. You yeah. started doing online delivery. Yeah. 
you're sitting in Java, you're getting this entrepreneurial urge. Yes. What Cause, happens? Because for me, for me, delivery was actually what I wanted to do. So this kind of switched on that light bulb that this is where I want to go. Yes. And remember, Uber Eats was not there yet. Yes. But me having my exposure globally and having traveled, because I used to travel to New York still every year. I still do that. Um, and I saw what's happening there. Mm. I'm like, this is a, it's just a matter of time. A window into the future. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to start it. I want to start this business. But then I had a two year, um, non-compete clause. With Java. Yeah. Oh. So I couldn't. So I, unfortunately I realized that much later, like after I'd already quit and moved on and, and started working on a concept and, and all that. So I had to put that on the side burner and, um, and did film production, VR. You literally couldn't do anything. I couldn't, man. I couldn't, I couldn't. At this point, are you still a shareholder or what's happening? No, no, no. Uh, you like cashed the, out. Yeah, all the ESOP guys, like we had already, you know, uh, well, not all. Actually, maybe all. Maybe all had gotten their money and said. Nice nest, you're comfortable. Fantastic. So you go do film production. So let's get to Ando. So what happens then to bring Ando into so, the picture? Um, yeah, so then this is um, January 2020. Okay. And um, COVID is about to happen. <laughs> but January 2020 was when my my thing was ex expiring. And yeah. um, I had uh, just finished a huge production in Lamo for the largest um, Pakistani fashion wear brand. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, massive, big, big, big project. And, you know, I used to only take on like four projects a year. What is this? This is film production. Film production, yeah, and uh, ad. Are these so ads and stuff? Yeah, yeah, okay, ads. okay. So, so you're scripting, you're directing. Yeah, I'm wow. not directing, but I'm producing. Okay. So I'm executive producer. Okay. Um, and then uh, my company is doing the production, so we're making the most money from that. Okay. And uh, just to give you some scale, these are hundred, two hundred thousand dollar projects, right? And um, I used to just four of them a year. And the actors uh, fly out and everything. Yeah, yeah. The models uh -huh. would come. Like the makeup artist was from Dubai. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And then we had a local makeup artist. Um, How do you so, even get this business networks? Um, I guess it's, you know, uh, Moses, I'll be honest with you. It's quality all the time. People like, see it, they like it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm associated with quality. So then yeah. they know working with this person. Like I'd never done a, a, sh a fashion shoot mm. produced. But because they know I've done th this other work, which is still high quality, they'll still hire us. They presume. Yeah, yeah they presume. And they're looking for, you know, uh, somebody who stands for quality. Um, so for me, okay, January 2020, I had just come back from Lamu. Okay. And um, I had, I was going to Ethiopia. So okay. I don't, I'm also an investor and owner in a, in a coffee business. Okay. Uh, which we um, take coffee from Ethiopia, sell it in New York. Wow. Okay. Um but so I had just gone with my team and my partners in, in New York to Ethiopia. And on the way back in the airport, we started noticing murmurs about this disease. <laughs> and we're like, what's going on? And it came to be COVID, right? And uh, man, Moses, all my four projects for the year were canceled, right? So this is about... Oh, the, 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 this is not the film production stuff. 800000 dollars out of the window. Out of the window. And, you know, you've planned, you know, you've got your plans, you've got family, all this stuff, right? So I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I want to do food, okay? And it's just the wrong time this happened because I wanted to start a restaurant. Now, I can't start that. So what can I do? Um, 
And I remember at Java House that I started food delivery. So I said, maybe it'll be, you know, everyone's at home, but I don't think they'll be eating. So I was still not sure. But dude, it was the best time to start the food delivery. Yeah, the, the whole thing just ratcheted up, yeah, right? Yeah, Everyone wanted yeah. something better than cooking their own food at home exactly, every day. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because the restaurants so closed, right? But I could only prove it out if I did a prototype. And right. I did the prototype. MVP, I, um, yeah. Uh-huh. The MVP. Um, so how did that come about? What, what do you, how did you actually do that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, the, the first thing, you know, when you're starting uh, your, your first product out in the market is you want to take the best product that you know that you can do the best. Mm. And my family, our family, we can do biryani the best. Ah, right? Go go back to your power base. Go back to your power base, right? <laughs> we've, we've got 30 years of experience at perfecting that biryani. Yeah, right? it's mastery, yeah? We've mastered it. Yeah. So yeah. let's sell biryani. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. And you know, I'm very good at branding. And so I, b- I built a beautiful artwork, cons. I'll show it to you. Obviously as well. the creative and yeah, 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 all yeah that. with the background you have. Yeah. With the background. And uh, I said... Um, and I shot the photography because I'm a photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so all insourced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, of course, the the main I'm very good at also identifying talent. So uh, I'm being humble about this, by the way. Uh, yeah. But I'm 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 actually very good at identifying creative talent. So the artwork was actually done by an artist, a small artist in Pakistan. Oh wow! And I found her on Instagram. Wow! And I gave her the work to do the first branding. Correct. Um, wow. so the first poster said very simple. Biryani now available every Sunday, 1200 bob. And we launched it. We got 52 orders. Day one. Day one. As in, this is for Sunday. We've launched on Wednesday. And the orders and are checking out. in. Wow. And my mother and me were thinking, how are we, are we going to make this at home? 52 orders is about, just to give you some skill, probably 10 kilos of biryani. This is massive. This is massive. It's a big pot, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, how are we going to do this? We executed, but... It's out of the kitchen at this point, yeah? At home. Wow. So, um, but I wanted feedback, you know. So t- my, my thing, my feedback was, my packaging, I wanted to make sure it's, it's the best. Um, so we got great feedback on the packaging. We got very bad feedback on the value. Not the taste. The value... So, 1200 bob, it's too expensive. Which? I'll tell you. So, it was perceived value. Mm. You see, when you open this bag, you're just seeing one box of biryani, 1200 bob. Mm. And you're like, this is it. People want to see more embellishments and stuff. Thank you. Yeah? So, um, and also see more value, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the next round, which is next week now, I said we'll do it again. Okay, but this time... We're going to give uh, raita, which is yogurt, uh-huh. and gulab jamun, the dessert. Yeah, the one I totally Free. love. Yeah, yeah. Free. And zero complaints on value. Because it becomes that little gift you never expected. In fact, yeah? it was surprise and delight. Yeah, yeah. The whole concept the of, gift you, know, you never yeah, expected. Yeah, yeah, you never expected that. Yeah, wow. So suddenly, you see, you get me, right? Like now, the, 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 the value has completely been... The perception of it, yeah. perception of it has completely changed. Yeah. It's still the same biryani. But now you've got these little extra things going yeah. on, yeah. So uh, second uh, week, we got about 68 orders. So I was like, this is growing. Still out of the kitchen, eh? Still out of home. And my mother is now struggling. I'm struggling. Um, you know, my, my wife is struggling. My sister is struggling. because we all these orders. Yeah, man. And we had only two writers. 
Or you're doing this completely yourselves? Completely, man. Wow. Complete entrepreneurs. At this point, is that, there's yeah, no like, app, there's nothing fancy. There's nothing, there's WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> there's WhatsApp, man. And WhatsApp, by the way, just to give you some data, WhatsApp is still our biggest sales channel. Till to date? Till to date. Wow. And now we're doing millions of dollars of revenue. Wow. Right? Um, so going back to that Genesis, right? Um, third week, I was like, maybe it was, you know, we'll stabilize somewhere. I'm happy making, by the way, 500K a month mm. in Nairobi. At that point, I was like, as long as I'm making 500K, I'm happy. Um, and it went up to 75. And I was like, I can't do this, man. I can't do this from this kitchen. So, let's close it. <laughs> shut down, huh? Let's shut down and think through this more. Mm. So, I did some thinking. You know, I met with some people. In fact, I met my co-founder then, Vineet. Um, who had worked with Uber Eats ah. in India. Um, he had worked with Jumia here. Oh, so he understood this stuff. Huh? He yeah. understood food delivery, basically. The on the operations piece, side. Yeah, on the yeah, operations yeah. Side. Like in India, he was doing, he was managing 30,000 riders. You can't wow. compare that here. Like it's, uh, And that was one city. You know, uh, Man, I've been to India and I'm telling you, like I, yeah. went, I went to watch the Formula One in 2012. Oh, and right. I went to Noida. That's no, where the racetrack was. Yeah. I already had a, a visa because I was working for in Mobi at the time in Bangalore. Ah. So I just flew into Delhi. Interesting. And I remember the highways. The, I mean, it's the a scale, scale of it. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, you know, he had that experience. And then, yeah. and then we invited uh, one of his bosses, who was, yeah. uh, who's Manan, who's still our advisor. Um, and we started thinking about this more formally. Um, we said, I think this can be a hundred, two hundred million dollar business easily. Mm. We did the forecasting on that with the business model around it and the financial model for five years. Where can this go? And we said, yeah, it's a business. It is a business, legitimate business. Can we make, so when you're building this, you have to look at market size, number one. Uh, but like I said, even on Twitter the other day, uh, when we're starting, nobody thinks about market size. You're just thinking about, I have a product. I have this people who want it and I'm selling it to them. Mm, okay. Mm. So for me, market size, I would figure it out. If it meant Kenya was too small, I'd go to Nigeria. I'll go to South Africa. I've done mm. that. You know, I'll go to Dubai. I, I don't care. For me, I want to start and I know we can, and I know Java House were doing X in revenue. Yeah, the sense, yeah. I can tell you the numbers for 2018 because that's old. Uh, we were doing $45 million in annual revenue when I left. Right. Um, so I knew this job was doing $45 million in annual revenue. And, um, and uh, 80, 82% of it was from Nairobi. Wow. So Nairobi alone is going to be a massive business for us. You've got to win Nairobi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I know if you look at other data pieces, KFC is doing amazing now. Okay. In fact, KFC took, I, I hate to say this, but some, an African should have started fried chicken. It's not that difficult to do. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's the brand, man. So if you have KFC against you now, you've, you've already lost. Because the brand is so strong. Yeah, we, we can't compete with So that's why we don't do fried chicken. Yeah, that category is gone. Yeah, that category is gone. In South Africa, they, they, they built one that now competes with these guys. Nigeria, they were already doing uh, it's some chicken. Thing. I know it. I've you heard know of it. Yeah? yeah, the one in Nigeria. Yes. I've seen it before. And I think it's I've big. been eating it. It's, 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 it's very, very big, and yeah. it's very successful. 
But now KFC is coming to eat their They're cake. eating market share, yeah? You know what I mean? But my point is, okay, so I wanted to compete in a category where I know I'm going to win. So biryani, there's nobody doing it. There's 82 restaurants selling biryani in Nairobi at that point. But for all of them, it's a footnote. It's not the thing. No, for me, it is the thing. For me, it is the main item. Correct. And my first menu, okay, so anyways, a little bit before that, um, you know, I started forming the team. So I knew I'm going to handle, I'm going to be the CEO. Correct. That was no doubt between me, founder, uh, my co-founder, my advisors, everyone. Vineet is going to handle operations and I'm going to support on that because he doesn't have F&B experience. So I'm going to support with my experience on the P&Ls, you know, on building that. Uh, and Manan is going to help us on strategy. So, you know, he's built a massive business too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, and his daily budget at Uber Eats in India was $2 million. His daily? Daily budget. What? Like that's how much he had to spend to What? build that business. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine the scale, right? So imagine having that person on your side, right? I was like, I have the best team on my side. And this is what I'm imagining a lot of it is some guys are remote, some are here. Manan was remote. Okay. Vineet at the beginning was remote, but by the time we had formalized the company, we incorporated it. Unfortunately, we incorporated it in America. Oh, okay. But um, it's also because the environment doesn't support the kind of investors that you want. I get you. So the kind of investors I wanted, um, they are more comfortable investing in a incorporation that is in Delaware. It's domiciled there, yeah. Yeah, domiciled in America. Jurisdiction is stronger. Judicially, judiciary is stronger. They feel more protected as well. And even us. Yeah. Okay, I know also, the other thing is I can, you know, give different classes of shares and all that stuff, right? Okay, so more sophisticated that way More well. sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. And it's all computerized, you know. I got my company, like, EIN in three days. You know, uh, I got a bank account in six days. Yeah, so it's super straightforward, yeah. Very straightforward. Um, and then, you know, we started raising some money. And, uh, you know, we didn't, I didn't want to raise a lot of money. So th- my, my main thing was I want to build a business that is sustainable, okay? Um, I want to build a business that is going to be here for 20 years because that's anything I take on, I do it with, with, with everything I have, mm. okay? I'm putting my whole focus in it. So if I cannot prove it out with $50,000, I don't deserve to have a million dollars. So I said, we're going to just take 50000 <laughs> Literally, just that Literally, amount. and we took it from Savannah Fund. Oh, I remember that, yes. Yeah. Look at Savannah. Uh, yeah, they're still there, I guess, in the market. Uh, but they were our first investors. Okay. They invested on the first call. So, you know, great to see that they could see this, right? Um, where it could be. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, how we started. The business formalized it, raised that first money, took a kitchen on rent, started building out the brand. So now you're out of the house. You're now, now we're out of the house. kitchen, yeah? Now we have a kitchen. Yeah. But even that kitchen was... Um, so if you want to call like this room uh, a quarter of this size. The tiny kitchen. Very tiny kitchen. Because that's what we could afford. You know, okay. to so make really the business make sense. you're bootstrapping it, right? I was. I wanted to. Even with that 50,000, you know, uh, I wasn't taking it. So I've made money in my life, right? So it was not about that. Um, it was about... Um, I want to prove out this business model. Make okay. it sustainable. Yeah, 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 I want to prove it out. So Which, unlike a lot of the startups we're seeing in Kenya right now, a lot of them are suffering because the model from day one, yeah, from day one was yeah. funding driven. So uh, I, I do have my view on that also, by the yeah. way. You know, I think we should we should focus on building more sustainable yeah. business models. And which is why 
all the people who like I get a lot of pitch decks even now mm. okay for people wanting to raise money and my advice to them is always 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 the first check I'll help you only if you decide that you're not going to take more than $250,000 I'll help you I'll I'll advise you if you take more than that I'm not I cannot advise you because mm. I know what's going to happen you're going to take a million dollars you're going to do so many mistakes and you, your business model is going to suffer from day one Mm. So you want to prove out a, a, a concept, proof of concept? $250,000 is more than enough money. Most it's 40 million shillings. I know. But anyway, like the environment we're in right now, I I see things that make me cringe because I know. I'm a bit of an old school entrepreneur, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell to sell to earn, you know. Sell, uh, you make money and yeah. you make your cut. Exactly, Done. sell to earn, you know. Done. So uh, anyway, but that's I, I, but I see the philosophy that you had yeah. at the onset. So now you, you, you so business is on, you got your 50k. Yeah. You got a little kitchen, you're cooking. <laughs> so and what's man, happening now? So yeah. so yeah, so still WhatsApp. Um, still WhatsApp. Yeah. So so I was running WhatsApp with the an intern called Ria. Um and she was uh, a really smart uh, young girl. Uh-huh. And I was I'm very good at customer service. So me and her were taking orders. This is hands on, yeah? Yeah, dude, I was taking I was in the kitchen. I was taking orders. <laughs> I'm responding to people, you know, day in day out. Day in day out. And we're we're buying meat from the butchery opposite. <laughs> we're buying... down the road. Did we couldn't afford to buy from Kenchik. They wouldn't even listen to us in terms of volumes. They we we can't. They wanted us to buy 50 kilos. We can't at that point. <laughs> you know, we we don't have even the This fridge. This is startup grind. Yeah. We don't start have the fridge, man, you know. No way. That, just in that time. time. Just in time. So we're like, okay, we need 10 kilos now. Let's go buy from the butchery opposite so, some of your japanese philosophy yeah <laughs> oh yeah true yeah just in time Jit, yeah, yeah it was actually just in time yeah so again it's just to prove out right and then my mother by the way all the recipes are my mother's oh yeah. so the family legacy is built into it for yeah? khans that's our first brand yeah and it's our biggest brand wow so my mother's recipes she taught them to our head of innovation she then led the chefs all our chefs are kenyan local and they know how to make this biryani they know how to make a 30 year old biryani you know this here about biryani right <laughs> you can't please everyone no you can't you're not biryani yeah <laughs> you're not biryani exactly yeah exactly yeah so you know um at that point um uh, it was blowing up so now you want 100 orders more no um i think in the first month um If I give out the number you'll know how much we do now which I don't I can't tell you but basically what we did in the first month we do now in 8 hours. What? Yeah. So that's we're very big. And you guys are the kings of biryani basically in Nairobi. For biryani but yeah. now we have seven brands right? We have seven other brands. So let's let's go to that yeah. now. So you're now doing the biryani you got a little kitchen things are happening it's yeah, cooking. Yeah, it's scaling yeah. and we're seeing 20% growth week on week. Uh-huh. Our feedbacks are off the roof like we have a 96% positive feedback so we know it's working and we start now okay let's expand the menu and for a whole year we ran with just one brand cons and we grew it we really really grew it um so now about 2021 right 2021 yeah, yeah 21 yeah. june okay is when we started saying okay we can now take bigger kitchens uh so we took that kitchen we expanded it further um we built our second brand which is delhi curries what informed the decision to set up a second brand um so 
you know, um, I'll tell you this business model, right? This business model, um, the OPEX, okay, the operating expenses can only be justified if you're selling a certain number of SKUs. Okay. And this brand, we wanted to only keep it this many SKUs. So now if you want to, so for example, to give you an example, um, if it takes you four chefs to do 30 items, it won't take you four more chefs to do 20 more items, but it'll take you probably two more. So uh, your OPEX scales, will reduce. Huh? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Your OPEX will reduce. Okay, so it's increasing returns almost, you could say. Yeah, so yeah. like for example, our rent now is like 1% of revenue. I get you, I get and you. And because we're getting more revenue from the same space. Okay, okay. And looking at the business model back then also, we were profitable from day one. We were making money. We're still making money. All my kitchens are profitable. In fact, December, we had the most net profit we've ever had. Wow. Net profit. Because in our, in, our, in our business and in PNL meetings, we do weekly PNL meetings with the, with the branches. Um, we focus on net profit. We don't focus on sales. Mm. Sales is easy to get, Moses. You're not looking at top line. You're looking at the... What We're you looking at net profit. Okay. Wow. Of course, growth is important for us. Um, but yeah, so second brand, we started Delhi Curries. And it, it only started because I couldn't get a butter chicken that I liked consistently. Wow. That's how we, all our brands are started. Yeah. So it's only because I come in and I say, dude, I can't get a good burger. I can't get a good smash burger. I can't get good chicken wings. So I can't scratching get... your own itch, basically. And the, what I've realized, uh, what is happening in the, in, the, in the landscape right now is, and I guess this also comes with, with gut, with the experience, that the more I know that I will like something right now, I, I'm able to get at least 10,000 people who will also like that. So almost like a tastemaker. Almost. Yeah. Almost. I'm not saying I'll remain that for a for life. There will come a time. And until that time, I'm the best CEO for this mm. company. But that means you're right in the trenches, understanding for what now. the consumer would want to 100%, like. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like right now, I can tell you what will sell tomorrow. And we'll sell truckloads of it. But you've got domain, you know, insight. That's another thing, And right? also, I know my audience. Yeah. I'm Kenyan. Yeah. I know who I'm selling to, number right. one. So I, we, we took a lot of time to understand who we're selling to. Yeah. We understand the price points. We understand the problems they have. Correct. You know, I didn't want to sell cheap food. I don't want to sell Trinidad Bob food. Because you know what that does? Okay, so Trinidad Bob food, we call it cheap, but it doesn't have to be. But just by saying 300, you're going to sell it at 300, your ingredients naturally will have to be only worth 100 bob. Mm -hmm. And what can you buy for 100 bob mm -hmm. to put into that? Correct. To make great food. Correct. Of course, uh, as, a, as we grow, this will become a challenge to us too. And we will, we will solve it. So we will do a brand that will cost that much, maybe 600, not 300 is too little. And we will do it at a very, very high quality. But it can only come when you have scale. Okay. So when you build supply chain, when you build, you know, logistics. So when we have more kitchens, I'll be able to deliver to you at a low cost. Okay. You'll have a kitchen every two kilometers. So as a part of this, I want you to sort of flesh out a little bit more for me. 
you have one kitchen at this point. You have a second brand. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So you use the phrase kitchens. I want to yeah. understand how that happens. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So what we call a kitchen is basically a location. Where you where cook out from, yeah, okay. Food, yeah, yeah. But and now you should, I'm trying to figure, figure out the, the progression between the first kitchen and the ones that you're now describing right. being all over the place. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. So, okay. So this one kitchen, you know, we wanted to make sure we're firstly utilizing it 100%. Mm-hmm. And we're still not utilizing it 100%. Okay. Um, because remember, from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., we're cooking and we're selling. But what's happening from 10 to 7? It's closed. So we're not utilizing still 100%. In the future, we can still do that. Okay. Uh, and we will do that. Um, so they will become production hubs. Okay. Right? And, my, and our model is very simple. It's hub and spoke. So now, as the business stands, we have a hub which makes all the food, uh, which preps all the sauces. Okay. And then that is disseminated into the hub, the spoke kitchens, the smaller ah. kitchens. Not saying that those kitchens are smaller. They're still big. But they get these central ingredients coming yes, out to them. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So now we've 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 gone from becoming uh, a kitchen that just produces and finishes yeah. to becoming producing and finishing separately. Okay. Tomorrow we can take that produce and put it into supermarkets. Ah. So for example, the ketchup, yes. barbecue sauce. We're actually starting to do that. Just to let you know. You're making your own. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, if you go now onto Greenspoon, um, you can get some of our frozen curries. Ah. You can get um, our um, pastas, lasagnas, pre-baked. You just have to put it in an oven, 10 minutes and you're done. And we just, by the way, this was, it took us five months. We just got our CAP certification. Oh, fantastic. So now we can go into Carrefour. Ah. Yeah. So what happens here? Because I think there's something you mentioned to me before we started the podcast. You talked about the kitchens. You talked about the logistics. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe so, you can so break that sort of three-tier model that you yes, have. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I think I will, I will, I do want to uh, talk about this. It's, it's we're really part of this. So at the beginning, um, in Kenya, we're from Kenya, right? So we know the kitchen infrastructure does not exist. Okay. So if I want to rent a fully equipped kitchen, who's going to rent it to me? Right? No one has so it. So it's yeah. a problem that we have. And to build those kitchens is super expensive. Okay. So to build a restaurant, you know, to on average, um, fast casual would cost you $250,000 to $500,000. Which means that for someone to build a food brand, it's super expensive. Okay. Number two. Yeah. The food brands don't exist. So... Fried chicken, you've got KFC chicken in, right? But why is there not four more brands? Pizza, why is there no local big chain? Apart from Pizza Inn. But why is there no high quality chains? Um, pasta, we've done that now. But why was there none before? Uh, biryani, why was there none? Mm. Why was there no big brand selling it at consistent level? You see what happens is with scale and with processes and systems comes consistency. Uh-huh. So a small person, unfortunately, yes. the consistency becomes tough. Correct. It, they're reliant on the chef. Mm. We are reliant on processes and systems. So that's the difference between um, building a big business and building a small but okay business. Not saying that that's not okay. That's still okay. 
and you can build a million dollar business just as one restaurant and there are those restaurants i remember this quote it said something like you can say that your mom makes the best burger in the world yeah. but unlike mcdonald's mcdonald's makes the same burger every day 10 million times for 10 million i can't say better than that yeah so you can't be that system and and guess what mcdonald's is still the most valuable fmb company yeah in the world and the burger is nothing like your mom's burger <laughs> it's nothing but at that scale yes people care for consistency yeah okay um so my i ho- i ho- really really hope to inspire people to start food businesses yes there's money to be made there and people want food man it's a problem every human has three times a day <laughs> right? it's not going away <laughs> it's not going away yeah it's not going away until so, until somebody can download food So now you build the you start building out this so tell me about more yeah, the so, kitchen so yeah. okay first was obviously the kitchen infra wasn't available food brands was not available so if i wanted to build a cloud kitchen business mm-hmm. right i would just build the kitchens and then say okay we've got brands they'll come in and rent the the, the kitchens mm. but we don't even have the brands wow then number 3 we don't have logistics and technology and payments so logistics is the biggest nightmare we know in africa Mm. and to solve it is even is an even bigger nightmare but if you build out a true value for the whole three tier then actually that becomes very very valuable yeah as a business okay so right now as ando we're building the three businesses as ando we're building our own food brands we have seven food brands now So we are have Khans which is biryani Pakistani food um we have Delhi which is curries we have Little Italy which is the biggest pasta brand in Africa wow we have um Super Wings which is chicken wings and fries we have Marty's famous burgers we have Bombay Canteen and we just launched a couple of months ago Siam which is Thai food wow okay and it is right now considered the best Thai food in Nairobi so the key core element of all of these brands quality um to give you some data um over 50,000 people in just the last one year over 50,000 people in the last one year mm-hmm. have given us a five star rating and above well so five sorry five star rating and our customer experience level right now is 96%. 96% of any ando experience is a five star experience. Wow. That to build that Moses it takes a lot of care. It takes a lot of um effort, it's a lot of um attention to detail. I don't want to say passion because it is not the right word to use. It's a but system, it is, it's, it's a, a detail, yeah. yeah, how you get it out, how you get it done. I am even till now involved in and I have an overview over every single diesel in the business. We're now just this just today actually my HR told me we hit 100 people in the company. We're now 120 people in the company. Wow. So this thing is growing and it's growing fast. Wow. And this by the end of this year will be about 2 to 50 people. 250 people. So what I'm hearing is that I think and at the end of the day it's almost like a 
almost like a self-contained ecosystem as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the with the production facilities, the processes, the distribution and logistics. Yes, yes, yes. you have And then you have really, technology really well. underpinning a lot of that yes. as well. So the brands are supported by the data yeah. and marketing, mm. right? And the culinary processes. So we know it's always going to be consistent. On the data side, Moses, one of my investors, one of the largest investors in Africa, 4DX Ventures, okay? They've invested in some big companies. Wasoka is one of their companies. Oh, wow. Okay. Soka Watch. Um, they, their partner told me when they looked at their data stack that this is the data stack of a CVC company. A CVC company has raised 50 to $100 million. And we're at that level right now. Technology is key. Data is key. I know everything about our customer. And you had to build the stack for yourselves from we scratch? Did. So we have a four-people data science team. Wow. And it comes from my background at Java House where I'm, I built the data team. I built the business intelligence for, for, the, for the leadership team over there too. And then we realized, sorry, just a quick anecdote. Um, there I realized, we realized that there was a Chinese customer buying coffee worth 200K every month. We realized that that person was actually going to sell to China. And then we opened up China as a market. We sell coffee. From that directly, insight. From that insight. Small example, but I can tell you right now, the next street you should open a restaurant at in Kenya, in Nairobi. In Nairobi. Based on the insights that you Based getting. on the data we've collected. Right now... We, we do forecasting at a 90% um, confidence level. And we can tell you the sales we're going to do today, two days ago. Completely predictive. <laughs> Completely. Wow. We've built machine learning into our data, uh, uh, data infra. And that now is just getting better every time we feed it even more data. We look at weather patterns. We look at um, the day of the week. We look at the month. We look at... Um, uh, what what we sold previously, mm. whether we opened a new kitchen or not. Um, and now, you know, with all this information, we're just using it to better the business. Yeah. Make more margin. We own most of the margin. Um, we have different dis distribution channels, though. So we have, you know, our own channels. With your now we have our own. <laughs> WhatsApp is still our biggest, but we have our own app now. Uh -huh. And the key inside behind that, again, we do everything is insight driven. Yeah. The key insight was rewards. I get you. So the, the key utility of our app is rewards. The more you order, you can actually re redeem it for, 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 for items on the menu. Ah. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. It's all built into the thing. Fantastic. Um, so unlike like an Uber Eats or them, they can, they'll never give you a reward for, <laughs> for you know, ordering more with them. But also, ultimately, what you're doing is you're building a very powerful direct-to-consumer model, right? You're also you're learning more about your customer. You're having a more intimate relationship. And you can even now anticipate their desires in terms of what they might want to eat and stuff, right? Yeah, and, and we use this information to also, uh, you know, inform our partners. Uber Eats is a great partner for us. Um, I, I feel like they're, they're one of the few uh, people who understand uh, the predicaments of the industry. Of course, I'm still working with them to better it. Correct. You know? So they will listen to me. But the guys who don't listen to me, trust me, they will close down. One has closed down, uh, right? I tell them, this is what we need to build here. Uber Eats listens to you. Okay. And they, they work with us in Kenya. They work with us in South Africa. We're also open in South Africa. South Africa, we've gone direct even more to consumer. We've opened uh, 
a takeaway place in one of the busiest markets in Cape Town, Mojo Market. We opened literally, literally um, 50%, 55% of sales now come from walk-ins. Wow. People walking in. And uh, we just barely scratching the surface in South Africa. Yeah. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions, a few more questions before we wrap up. Um, number one, um, the next two to five years, where is this business going? Um, yeah. Number two, what are the key learnings? And you know, what advice would you give others? And then I think at the end of that, you can give us any parting shot that you might have. Maybe tell us a bit more about Ando, any special offers yeah. you want to yeah, give Yeah, us. sure, sure. Yeah. So two to five years out, what are we looking at? So two to five years, uh, I see us uh, becoming the the people you come to to solve your F&B industry challenges. Uh-huh. So tomorrow, if you want, as you're a small restaurant and you want to buy potatoes, you can come to us. You know, Supply chain now? Yeah, that we're building it. So you can actually act as a pipeline. We are. The we want to do that. We are wow. doing it. Um, so it's solving a bigger industry issue. Yeah. Consolidation of this yeah. means better pricing. Yeah. Tomorrow you want you're building a chicken wings brand, and you want barbecue sauce, and you have your own recipe. You come to us. And you formulate it, and we'll make it for you. Make it in bulk, whatever. We'll make it in bulk for you, and we'll wow. make sure we supply it to you. At so you're really right backstopping. You think about backstopping all these things. Yeah, right? we are. Wow, it's that's the only big. way. It's it's the you see it's the only way. That in Africa, we can make sense of this business. Because the industry does not exist at the level that it exists in America. Wow. So literally building the rails, yes? I mean, you're, you're yes. Kind of, you're so uh, another way to say it is it, the AWS of the FMB, right? Okay, that's massive. So tomorrow, you want just logistics. And you want only, uh, you don't want to rely on Uber Eats for delivery. Can we'll, come out we'll, to you. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll give you. We're actually opening that up already wow. to people, yeah. So you want a rider. You just come into our app. We give you the app. You just order a rider. It'll come to you. And these people are trained. They have been trained on food safety. Unlike and this you know, DTC, basically, yeah. for, the, for, the, for, the, for the other people who want to do this. And we've done addressing at such a level that it's probably better than Google Maps. What? Yeah. So we know every street of Nairobi right now. Second thing, the entrepreneurial journey, making Ando happen. Any key takeaways, especially also for young entrepreneurs who might be thinking of doing things like that? Yeah, you? yeah, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy, right? Like, I work 14 to 16 hours a day. Whoa. Just, and I have two kids, a one-year-old and a one, two-month-old. Wow. And young all these, and they've been part of this growth. From day one, my From God. day one, right? Wow. Like, they've been, built, they've been built during this and building. Wow. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, um... I, I know I'm not doing the full justification to the family, right? But right now I'm building this, okay? And the good thing is to have somebody on your side who understands it. So my mother understands it. My father passed away 10 years ago. Oh, sorry, I didn't even know that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't say that. Um, so I'm, I take care of my mother. I we live you. together, you know? Um, yeah, I get you. And... Um, so that side, I still have to do it within eight hours that I have. And right? find that balance where find possible. That balance. Yeah. And I still want to, you know, my focus is on high quality. Okay. And because I own the most equity in the business, I will have the most drive. And this is something I've learned over time that you can hire somebody. Don't expect 10 out of 10 from them. It's fine. They don't own equity. So don't be fair to them. 
they don't own as much equity as you. You should be working 10 times harder than that person. Because you're all in, basically. You have you're your all equity in. in it. Yeah, you're all in. Yeah. Right? And this is the toughest thing for entrepreneurs sometimes, that the team can never be as passionate as you. And, you know, some, some, some uh, Moses, I have uh, a few, you know, colleagues in the industry in different levels, different, doing different businesses. And they come to me and say, man, you know, we are struggling with our employees. I'm like, but because you're not working as hard or harder than them. You've given them zero equity, number one. So how do you expect them to work harder than you? Mm. You know? I get you. You should be working harder than them because you own equity. You're just paying them a salary. Yeah. So please be fair to them. Okay. This is part of our culture and or two. But now, as we stand, uh, 49 people own equity in the business. Already, yeah? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And as as small as a steward. Fantastic. Two as big as, you know, um, the head of culinary or wow. head of finance. Any other key things that come to mind in terms of the journey? Um, no. That, so so my learning has been that, right? Like, uh, you got to be fair to everyone. Mm. You have to be kind. Okay, you have to understand that well, what we're building is not built, built before. Mm. Okay, so it's going to be tough. And letting go of people has been hard. Yeah. In fact, we've never let go of anybody, by the way. The first ha- that, ha- that happened was last week. Oh. And it was the toughest because from it was a senior person, obviously, because the junior person, you know, you can understand and actually groom and learn and make them learn. And one of the key values of the company is we learn from our mistakes mm. because we know we're going to make them. Yeah. So we're okay making mistakes. I get you. And there's no way I would have built this business without my co-founder, without the head of culinary, without head of finance. They're all a part of this. They're all a part of this. All in. So the key takeaway for other entrepreneurs is when you're building a team out, trust them with everything. And of course, you have to work harder and even they do. Than, than anybody in the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's why probably for the last three years, you know, I've not even been able to put my head up and say, hey, I'm doing something cool. I know. I mean, I reached you out know? to you back yeah. in December. I looked at it, December 2022. Oh, That's really? when I first reached out to you to have this podcast. Oh, and you really? were like, no, no, Moses, I'm not quite ready. Things are growing. We're kind of in the grind. Yeah. And, and we're know, trying to build it out. That's a year at, ago. Huh? You know the scale we're at from December 2022 to yeah. now? Yeah. Is... So just to give you some scale, we're now doing like, I can't give exact numbers, but millions of dollars in revenue. Yeah. Um, where all locations are profitable. We're in two countries. We're looking at we're looking at Dubai. We're wow. looking at Lagos. We're looking at Kampala. I want to expand further into South Africa. Wow. And, um, you know, I have not raised as much money as uh, Twiga Foods. But you're almost refinancing yourself, so to But speak. my point is that I can build a bigger business, okay? And at some point, with the right money, I will build a bigger business than all these businesses combined. And I have, like I said, 90, 90% confidence levels in our I business. I know, I know. <laughs> because I now we can forecast. We can tell you what, what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, cool. And maybe my last question, I think, or rather my last, uh, your parting shot, so to speak. Uh-huh. If you want to say something about Ando, maybe you want to plug something special for our audience, I'd love to hear that. So, you know, man, uh, firstly, man, Moses, this is, it's been a, a pleasure, man, just to be talking this and, and you know, reliving this. I've not done this. Oh, you've never in done this years. before? So no, this in three years, I haven't, 
unpack what you're doing. I haven't sat down and unpacked, right? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I should be proud of myself, man. Yeah. You know, and I am. I am. I'm, I'm humbly proud. Out of the building, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm humbly proud that now 160, 70 people, including the writers, they take food from us, you know. It's the, it's the, we, we are providing direct employment to so many people mm. and indirect to so many other people. Mm. So thank you, man. Thank you for putting me no, this through this. I had this. to get you to, and I've waited a whole year for this, but guys, this is, uh, this is the podcast I couldn't miss. And please, is there anything special you have for our audience We today? do, we do. So, uh, you know, we just launched our app, right? Yeah. And um, I have something for you, Moses. Um, awesome. let, me, let me just write that down. Um, you see, guys, I bring you good things. <laughs> yeah, of course. So the the there's a code, uh-huh. okay? It's uh, PDP yeah. Ando. Download the Ando food delivery app on Play Store or uh, I, uh, App Store. Yeah, and you get five hundred bucks off. So, guys, you've heard it. PDP yeah. Ando. Ando A N D O. Yeah. Yeah, and that gives you a discount. Yeah, 500 uh, bob off of first oh, order. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for the audience. For your first 50 people. So thank you so much. Uh, Asif, I wish you had more time. I think we kind of stretched I, it a I bit. I think this could have been easily two, three hours. Yeah, yeah we didn't quite unpack it. I think we're going to do a part two of this. This is not done. It's interesting, yeah. It's not done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really do appreciate the time and the effort and I, you know, how, our how friendship. How long did you take, that is, actually? Sorry? How long did we take? Well, it's still going. <laughs> It's a, I think we're going to be an hour and a half. But more importantly, wow, nice. I think there's a lot that you've said that people are going to find valuable. Thanks. Bro. And more importantly, I think, you know, we want to see your business obviously succeed and go as far as it can possibly go. But clearly you're building something quite unique and special. And I'm delighted that you, you made time to be with us. Man, no, session. no, I, I have to appreciate you, man. <laughs> you, you followed me after a year and you said, you know, you want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one more thing I want to say, I, I want to tell, you know, people um, start food businesses, man. Like, food is not going away. No, it's not. <laughs> and there's so much that is yet to be done. Yes. In fact, if you have an idea, dude, come to me. I'll invest 2 million shillings in you. Wow. 2.5 million. I'll Guys, do it. Guys, are hearing the good things that come on Pure Digital Passion? Actually, I can I can say that. on. Yeah, I'd say that. Easy. Yeah. $15,000, $20,000 will invest in your business. Fantastic. To start it off. Awesome. Okay. Um. We need ideas, man. You know? There's not enough happening. There's not enough... Um, there's a lot of copycat, okay? But we need original ideas Correct. for Kenya, for Africa. And that means that can only come from true insight-driven, true people who understand the roots and go further even down, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm still solving a problem for middle to lower and upper, okay? But there is a problem that can solve for below that. Wow, there's, okay. there's different levels to this. Situation. There's different levels to those things. Yeah, and I can't do it now because I cannot make money off it now. But five years down the line, Moses, I can, I can, I can make it a sustainable business model at even the lowest level. So even at a hundred bob meal, I can make money. Okay, that'll have to be at scale. Yeah, but not now. Yeah, I get you. I can't do it. Yeah. it's not. I don't have the infra. But if somebody asks me, I can do it. Awesome. At, at five years, or you know. Something like that. Asif, thanks so much. We've got to wrap this up. Moses. Thank you for being on the Pure Digital Passion podcast. So, guys, you've heard it from Asif Khan of Ando Foods, a business that's, you know, started in Nairobi in Kenya, is now even in South Africa. It plans to go much, much further. And we're delighted that you joined us for this exciting conversation. We'll catch you in the next one.